Here at Doxadeo Blum, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. It is an amazing honor and privilege for me to, to actually join you guys today. Um, I'm the worship leader at Doxadeo Central. My name is Yaku Stein. And we are in week four of our Within Us Holy Spirit series. And we, we're going to talk about oil today, the anointing of oil. But let me just say this. I just want to get it out of, out of the way. Is that the most basic thing of Christianity is impossible without the working of the Holy Spirit. So we don't somehow graduate the Father and the Son and then gain access to the Holy Spirit. No, He is within us. He's 100% within us. And why do I say that? In John 14, verse 16 to 17, it actually says, I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you. And listen to this, He will be in you. So this is the most important part. So we've, we've discovered in the past three weeks what the Holy Spirit actually does in our, in our lives and, and the working of the Holy Spirit. And we actually try, try to, to simplify it a bit by using symbols. So in the first week, we, we spoke about the, the Holy Spirit um, and the working of Him um, through water. Um, and that's where we actually... Um, where we realize that we are saved and that we, that it's the salvation part of the picture that the moment that um, we, we, we read about Nicodemus and you, I want to, I want to urge you to go read that scripture in John. It's, it's so amazing just to, to realize what, what he asked there. Um, but the, the, the second week we re, we read about the breath and we used that picture of the, of the inhaler almost that, that God doesn't come with his spirit and it's he's just like a like a little bit that we take in every day no we are filled with the breath of life and then last week we we read about the fire that we are sealed and sanctified that his spirit is actually like that down payment that promise that we belong to a family that we belong to the father and that his spirit dwells within us and that he's our helper like we read in john so today we are speaking about oil and the, the Bible or the reference of, of oil, we read about actually them using the, the oil for burning, um, for food, for lotions, to keep your skin nice and healthy, for medicinal needs. But the main function of, of oil was in the anointing of oil. And it, it, it was used to, to actually set apart. To, um, we, we, we see it in temples um, being used by priests, by kings. But the most prominent one was um, we, what we saw in David's life in 1 Samuel 16 verse 13, where prophet came and he anointed him with oil. And then we read that the Spirit came powerfully upon David. But I just quickly want you to understand that, that the anointing of the oil um, is actually commonly used to, to lubricate something. And that's what we see the Spirit is doing in our lives. So to, to better explain this, I've actually, um, 
I've been dealing with a bit of a, a squeaky noise in my car, on my, on my clutch pedal in my car, and uh, it just went for a service. And um, probably a week after I, I received my car back, I realized that in some instances, when I press my clutch, there's like a slight squeak. And I was like, listen, what's happening? Like, like am I... Am I driving a dinky toy? I know I'm driving a small car, but it's starting to squeak and I became so self-conscious. I thought like every time I stop at the robot and I press, press my clutch, I'm like, damn, everyone can hear me and I'm driving this new car and um, they're probably thinking what's going on. So I became so self-aware of the squeak and all it took was for me to literally ask. And I went to one of the guys here at church and I asked him, John, you need to help me. I know you know a lot about cars and it actually happened like, like quite recently. So I asked him and I'm like, listen, man, you please need to come help me. I've got this like magical oil. Um, you probably know it, Q10 or Q20. It's like that magical blue bottle with a, with a nice nozzle and it can fit into like small spaces. So I took my phone and I lit up the space and John helped me and a couple of like squirts later, the squeak was away. And I was like so stirred in my heart with, with the fact that that's exactly what's happening when, um, we, we, when we neglect the spirit in our lives. We tend to squeak in, 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 in everyday like situations. We walk around and we have like that slight squeak and it's not supposed to squeak. It's supposed to like actually just be fluent. And that's the thing. Lubrication, the Holy Spirit is there to essentially take away that squeak in our lives and for us to actually be tuned in and to move the way we are supposed to move. So now you think, okay, cool. Um, we read about Jesus and he operated so effortlessly in the, in the Bible. And I mean, we read about his teachings. It was so fluent. It was, there was miracles. There was so much compassion. You read about all the, like the gifts of the spirit and you think, man, Jesus, like I can never live up to that. But the thing is, everything came through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing is that we have access to the Holy Spirit. The moment, the day that you accept Jesus in your life, he is 100% at work in your life. It's not that you need to first go to the mechanic or you need to graduate or do something and then they give you that blue bottle and then you carry that around and you just like lubricate your, your life and your, your, your walk with the Holy Spirit. That's not the way it works. And the Holy Spirit is there and we actually gonna dig a bit more deeper into, into the anointing of, of the Holy Spirit. So, we, we actually read in, in Acts 10 verse 38, um, just a, a short piece that I just want to actually highlight is that, you know, of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth and how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And now we read, okay, cool. Yes. Jesus, that's great. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and that probably does not include me. I don't have full access. And, but like I just said, we, we have the moment Jesus died. And um, we, the day of Pentecost happened, he sent his helper and we have him 100% to our, to our disposal. Not in that sense that, yeah, we'll be used and abuse him. No, we need to like be tuned into his guidance every day 
So I would like to say, yes, God's Spirit is 100% available to you because Jesus is not just an example for us, but He is most definitely the example of us. We were obviously created in His image and He he gave us this amazing gift. We read about last week about the, the seal, the fact that that's the, the picture of that we belong to something so much bigger. We belong to His family. We belong to, to Him and that's the down payment. The, the Holy Spirit is the down payment. Imagine you have a house and you, you're sitting with this problem of like, I need to pay off this house. And someone just says, listen, I've got the deposit. The house is yours. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Jesus said, listen, this is the down payment for, for now and for eternity. This is going to be, the, this is a promise that I'm making to you. So most definitely the Holy Spirit is available to you. Now, usually when we, when we think about the Holy Spirit and um, when we worship in the Spirit, we, we think about all the gifts and all the miracles and all the healings that take place. But the place where, where we neglect sometimes is actually worshiping in the Spirit. When we, when we, when we think about, about the empowerment of the Spirit, like I just said, the gifts and the miracles and the healing, that's so tangible. But we rock up a church and um, we see, th- see things happening like that. And... Um, but we never think of, of the fact if, if we actually worship, that we need to worship in a certain posture. And um, I mean, it's, it's something that, that I think that we so often neglect. And um, I would like to tell a bit of, 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 of my story because I think we all grew up in a certain way. We all grew up either in like a very traditional setting or a charismatic setting, or even like you're like, You've never been to church and this is probably your first, first like reference of church. But the fact is that we all have like a, a different kind of reference of where we grew up from. So I grew up in a very charismatic environment. Um, I've been, al- I've always been attending the AFM church. Um, and I grew up in, in, in a house where my parents loved music. They still love music. But there was like this certain group of, of, of people, of, of a church or, or a band. Up until today, I don't know what they're doing. Um, that, that's probably quite alarming. Um, so I'm scared of Googling them now. Um, my parents, if they look at this, I love you and I respect you and I love the Gaither Vocal Band. But that was my reference. That was my only reference, the Gaither Vocal Band. And I've seen them twice in South Africa, and I felt so almost like so shy to share that. When I grew up, I realized that, man, these guys are only singing about one day I'll fly away and I'll go to heaven. And I realized that's how I grew up. But that was my reference of, of singing and of singing in church. So I thought it's a one day thing. And it's, it was always like very like a family kind of setting in the videos of the Gaither vocal band. And that's my reference. So I came with that reference to church. When I started worshiping, that was my idea. I thought like, listen, we're just singing songs that people can sing along and it's going to be a happy, clappy moment and it's going to be amazing. And it's a bit more like a show. I mean, like I just said, I went to two of their shows in South Africa because they, they come from, from America. So, I mean, that was my reference. But the thing is, 
we, we read and we, we learn that we need to worship our Father in spirit and in truth. So that's where I got triggered a bit because I, I realized that I was not busy doing that. I did not 100% understand what it actually means to worship in spirit and truth. Yes, it's great. The music is amazing. I love it. But there's so much more to it. And I realized that it only changed for me the moment that I got baptized and I, and I immersed myself into understanding what the Holy Spirit's work does within me, like what he's busy doing. The moment I allowed him to, to not just speak through the music, but actually listening to the words. That was such a difficult thing for me to, to actually listen to the words. So I would listen to so many like different genres and I would think like, this is amazing. And then someone would ask me, have you listened to the words? And I'm like, oh no, like, let me quickly Google it. Then I realize, yo, it's actually so far off. And that's where the truth part came in. And I had to discover the spirit the spirit part for myself. And it's been an absolute journey for me to, to discover it in a couple of years that I've been um, leading worship. And I'm not saying that I have it down, but I'm definitely aware of the fact that the spirit is working in and through me the moment I step on the stage and I sing a song. I'm not singing the song to get a praise, appraisal or anything from people anymore. My reference has changed because the Holy Spirit awakened something in me. And the thing is, the Holy Spirit is supposed to awaken something. It's supposed to sustain and to energize our worship. It's not supposed to, to take the, the, the focus to something else. I mean, it's amazing that we have lights and instruments and Eugene's pads. Can I just say Eugene's pads? It's, it's like two steps, two clicks away. And then we have the Holy Spirit in the room. But so many people has commented on the fact that it's so like, so amazing. When you just hear that pad hanging there and you can just close your eyes, the lights is hitting the spot. It's like this warm amber feeling and you're just moving. I mean, guys, that's, that's an amazing like feeling and emotion that goes with it. But we need to learn that that we need to worship the God in spirit, our Father in spirit and in truth. I just want to say that, like I, like I'm like a double click now. It's it can be full of empty rituals and it can exalt man. But when when worship is anointed by the Spirit, the the game changes. The game changes and it shifts the focus to where it's supposed to be. It focuses it it focuses on honoring Jesus in that place of, of putting him in the center. I mean, we can easily like really just make it all about the guy on stage. And it's supposed to, like I said, awaken and prepare our hearts to be open for the work of the Holy Spirit. And essentially it changes us. You can't walk out of a, a Sunday experience or for, for, for that matter, in your room, listening or being open for the Holy Spirit's work unchanged. I just want to say that. If you listen to, to Holy Spirit-filled music and you open yourself up for Him to work in and through you, 
you can't walk out there and think, yeah, man, that was a nice jam and I'm just going to groove to the rest of my day. That's amazing, but there's so much more to it. So, like I said, worship can, can easily be singing about God. So that's the head almost. But there can be no expectation to meeting God. So we're singing about this God, but you, you never meet him. Like you, you have these, this vocabulary because it's on the screen and you're singing it, but it never shifts from your head to your heart. It's, it's never something that you realize, hey, wait a minute, there's something moving in me. I mean, I've heard so many people hearing a song for the first time, seeing the words, and it changes them at the, in like in that instance. Come on, it's really not the music. <laughs> it's not the head part of that. It's the Holy Spirit moving in your heart. There's a shift that took place. So the, the, the idea was never to, um, to, to keep our emotions back. Um, because now suddenly like um, the, my dignity is, is being like um, put, put on, the, on, the, on, the, on the spot like or um, I'm rocking up here with a very religious sophistication so no one must see how I'm going to worship my God. I mean it's, it's like a very like closed-ended thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would like to, to, to rather equip you guys and, and show you that there's so much more. Um, they, if, we worship, if we worship in spirit and truth, the flip side should happen. There must be freedom. Our hearts and our heads must engage. Our emotions must engage with, with, with Him. There should be no fear, no pretense, and no hiding. That's a real encounter. And I'm not saying that this is like a tick, pick, tick box that you need to like, before you walk into a, a worship experience or before you listen um, to worship music or whatever the case may be, that this is like the checklist. And if you don't experience that, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm saying that we can engage 100% fully with, with him. I would like to, to read uh, a quote from Jack Hayward. It says, it began to dawn on me that given an environment where the word of God was foundational and the person of Christ the focus, the Holy Spirit could be trusted to enlighten the intelligence and ignite emotions. Do you guys hear? It's the head and the heart. I soon discovered that to allow him that much space necessitates more a surrender of my senseless fears than a surrender of sensible control. God is not asking any of us to abandon reason or succumb to some euphoric feeling. He is, however, calling us to trust Him enough to give Him control. So now I, I would like us to take, I would like to take you guys to a, to a thing called worship wars because we all have like different expectations um, and different reasons why we stopped or started attending church. There's so many reasons. It could be because of the sermon, because of the parking, because of the kids ministry, because of the food, because of the friendliness, because of the coffee. Um, but we've discovered um, 
like right throughout history that the most decisive factor why people join or stop attending church is because of the style of worship. So there's obviously different like stuff that we, we can pinpoint in, in, in the style of worship. It can either be very long so we can comment on the fact that, yeah, that church is like, I mean, they start at nine o'clock and they only stop at one o'clock. I mean, and now, now they've, now they haven't even started the worship. It's just been like, so it can be super long, it could be super short, it can be very formal or, or it could be free. It could, there can be drums or there can be organs, there can be hymns or contemporary songs, there can be a band or like a full stage of, of a roped choir. I would love to see that once in my life. Um, but the thing is, some churches think that God is most glorified when we sing biblical truths and there's liturgy, there's an order in, in the service, um, there's scripture reading, and the focus is to understand God. The fear in that church is emotionalism. So engaging your emotions, it's just like a liturgical thing. You, you just stand and you read the truths and you go home. The form is reverence and there's structure. In other churches, they believe that God is most glorified when we experience Him in a personal encounter. So the focus is to enjoy God. The fear is intellectualism. So you hear now, once again, the head and the heart is busy like fighting. The form is utmost joy and freedom and you dance and you do crazy stuff. My question would be, who is right? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Jesus is right in that sense because, like I said, we worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So we, we can't be uh, like nitpicking and saying, yeah, that church is right and that church is wrong. No. In fact, we, we need both because we want to we wanna, like, actually see people discovering that there's so much more to worship. So we, in our environments, we have people coming from different spaces and places from different churches, different backgrounds. So how are, we, how are we gonna actually accommodate them? We need to actually like re realize that there's like a, there, there's actually so much more to discover in worship than, than we thought. And we must be open to receive and to learn so much more. So if we worship in the spirit with our hearts, there's no longer confined geographical locations. So there's not a time or place. Thank you, Lord, for that. So we don't need to wait for a Sunday to rock up and now we can, we can experience the Spirit. No, like I said, you can experience Him wherever you go. There's no longer a function or ceremonies or... No, no, no. It's from the heart. It's full emotion. So there's not a certain like ritual that you need to perform to, 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 to experience something. No, it's 100% your heart and full emotion. And it's no longer fleshly. So it's no longer out of your own might, but it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we get to the head, we worship with our minds. And this, let me just say that, 
it includes and it involves the entire mental capacity. So it's not that euphoric thing that you go into like a, like a trance or a state or something. No, like we hear so many people saying, yeah, no, I choose to worship the Lord with my eyes closed. Even though there's like a huge screen in front of me, I'm not going to read the words. I'm just going to discard that. No, like I just said earlier, the moment you hear the music and you read the lyrics, something actually happens because the spirit actually likes to engage our mental capacity. It shouldn't be like this thing we're floating on a, on a cloud and we're trying to, no, no, that's not, that's not at all what we, what we see and what we, what we learn here. Yeah? We, we don't want to worship God just with the feeling. We want to worship him with our minds as well. And the great thing is when we worship with our, when we worship in truth, we worship through Jesus. I mean, we read in the Bible that he is the truth, the way. <laughs> so we can't try and worship with, with, in, with any other way. Like we, we, we learn this and we, we believe this, that he is the truth. And, the, and lastly, we worship authentically. We don't rock up here and we start worshiping because we're seeing everyone else around us is already busy doing this thing and now I'm just falling in and I'm just trying to, to make it work. No, 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 no. It's, it should be real. It should be genuine. The best explanation that I have for this is if you've ever seen a kite, either on a picture or you've had the opportunity to actually fly a kite, the thing is with a kite, it won't be able to actually take flight and be in the air if it wasn't for, for these two very important things, for the wind and for the rope that's connected to the kite. So you can't just throw the kite in the air and let it go and walk away and it's going to stay there. No, it's, it's very important for the wind, in this case the spirit, and the rope, which is the truth to be in perfect balance for that kite to actually stay afloat and for it to actually take, take new heights. I mean, that's so important. So next time when, you, when, you, when you're trying to, to, to wrap your mind around worshiping God in spirit and truth, just think about this picture. Lastly, so we've engaged our heads, we've engaged our hearts, but the posture of praise includes our hands, these beautiful 10 things. <laughs> um, I've, I've once saw, saw uh, and everyone, all the Friends fans will know, but I think Phoebe at some stage called them the phalanges or something like that. So look at these beautiful things. Um, we actually have our bodies, our like a body language. Um, I mean, when, when you speak, when you walk into the room, when someone walks into the, into the room, they communicate something without saying something. So you can immediately see when someone walks in, you can see, wait a minute, this person is not well. And they, they actually communicating something of the state of their soul. Or when someone walks in and they just give you a hug, it's, it's almost the affection of their heart. They're like expressing themselves. That's the same way that we can actually worship God. Can, do you believe that? Can you, can you actually see that happening? So for the last part, I want to I wanna just um, make you realize that our bodies, you might think, yeah, but my body is evil. Like, 
it's not pure. So how can I worship in spirit and in truth? But my body is a mess. No, I would like to say that God gave you a body to worship Him. Um, because in essence, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. You're the temple. So express, use your whole like body to, to actually do it. But now then you may, might say, okay, cool, but I don't want people to think that I'm a fanatic, that I'm, that I'm busy like seeming undignified and I'm just losing myself or I'm very sophisticated and I'm playing it safe. So I'm just not, the thing is, it doesn't matter what people think of, of, of what you do when you worship. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a thing between you and God. People don't worry about what you do because you need to surrender everything at His feet. And the way to do that is, I would like for you, if you're at home with your kids or if you're alone, I would like for you to quickly just stand where you are. If you want to sit, that's also cool, but... I'm quickly just going to show you what it actually means when you lift your hands up in worship. Firstly, it means that you surrender to God. You say, almost like hijack. <laughs> You're like, God, I surrender. I surrender my will and my ways. Maybe you want to bring it closer to your body and you say, I'm vulnerable and I've got nothing to hide. Almost like this. Or you can be like this, but you go like this and you say, I'm dependent. Lord, pick me up. You're like a child. You just like hold me. I can't. You just pick me up, Lord. Or you're just like this and you say, I receive anything. I receive everything, God. Everything that you have for me. I mean, this is like a complete, like imagine receiving like a huge present and you can't almost like carry it. You're like... I receive it. Or you like this and you direct all your attention to God and you direct it away from yourself. You can see all my fingers, everything is pointing towards Him. Nothing is pointing towards yourself. Or you just like, you're close and you say, I love you, God. And I realize and I know that I am yours. So I really hope that this helped you. We want to we wanna see our congregations. We want to see you actually going away from here and worshiping God in spirit and in truth and engaging with your whole body because your body is a temple. His spirit not only is upon you, but he dwells within you. That's the reality. So we're actually going to go into a beautiful moment where we can worship. I would really encourage you to, if you're at home, to put on worship music and to actually try and put this to, to action, try and put this into like, like 100%, like engage with, with your family and with everyone around you and actually realize and trust the Spirit to come and do something within you. If you've got, if you've got some oil around you, if you've got, it doesn't need to be special oil that you bought at Woolworths or something. It can just be, normal oil, I would like to encourage you to take that oil and to anoint either yourself to say, listen, I, I want to I wanna trust God to come and lubricate that within me. Or maybe there's a, a specific place in your life where you 
where you feel like, yo, I, I haven't let the spirit into that place. Remember, remember if we're talking about your, your body as a temple, there's rooms and you might have, you might need to actually open up the rooms and, and say, God, you can come live in every room <laughs> and you can come make your home. He's already done that, but there's so much freedom if you actually invite him in and you acknowledge the fact that he's in you. And I want to see you guys actually trust him that he can anoint you. Um, so I'm just going to pray for us and um, yeah, then I want to bless you. Yes, Father God, thank you for the fact that we can know that your spirit dwells within us, that we are full of your spirit, Lord Jesus. And that your spirit is here to guide our every step, Lord. And that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. That our heads and our hearts can be um, engaged 100%. And that, that it will lead to our bodies being just like directed 100% to you, Lord Jesus. May we learn different ways to, to actually just surrender our hearts in front of you, God. And to, to see you move in ways that we've never experienced. And God, I want to trust that, um, that we, will, we will be anointed, um, that we will feel that we, we, we actually, we have your spirit available to us and that, that we can be anointed and we can be oiled in that sense that we can feel like, Yo, I, can, I can feel lubricated in that sense that I can go around and, literally just <laughs> feel your spirit move and that it can set a fire so many things um, that it can contain, that we can't contain it anymore, that, it's, that the next step will be that it will overflow out of us with so much joy and that, that people's hearts and lives will be touched by this and that you will be glorified, Lord Jesus. And um, thank you for, for, for this amazing um, your like tool and knowledge that we can that we can gain and that we can learn that your Holy Spirit is not just a, a mere thing or emotion, but that you are a person, that you are Jesus Christ that lives within us. And um, I want to pray that in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.